you're listening to Superwoman. Today's guest is Kate Somerville, the founder of Kate Somerville Skincare. A trailblazer in the world of prestige skincare, Kate has been healing skin and transforming lives for over two decades. Having grown up with eczema, Kate understands firsthand the pain of not feeling comfortable in her own skin. And after finding relief in the healing powers of goat milk, Kate's personal transformation fueled a professional passion for helping others. In her 20s, she worked alongside of some of the world's top cosmetic surgeons. In 2004, Kate opened her skin health experts clinic of Melrose in the heart of Hollywood. Soon she became known as the guru of glow among celebrities, entertainers, and other high-profile personalities. Today, Kate treats some of the world's most famous and photographed faces, helping them get red carpet and camera ready. Take a listen. Kate, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I feel like you are the OG of what is now a huge industry. Yeah. Um, And so I'm excited to dive into like what made you want to start, you know, you were the first to me. So I'll leave it at that. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for that. I, I mean, I definitely pioneered a lot of things and forged a lot of paths and, um, you know, I was just really listening to my intuition and, you know, like I just had this fire to create a brand and the way it unfolded was honestly just creating as I needed things and just asking the universe for the people to show up because, you know, I, I'm, I'm an esthetician. I'm not a business person, even though like growing up, I always kind of was always an entrepreneur. Um, But it was just kind of going off of intuition and really giving my clients what they needed and creating tools to create what I needed in my clinic room. And yeah, so it, it started organically, honestly. So when you first started out, were people like, you're crazy, who would ever come to, you know, a high-end experience or, you know, why would an A-lister want to go to the spa? Like, I know it's all very normalized now, but back then I feel like it wasn't. So I'll just give you some background of myself real quick. So I grew up, you know, with a broken family. My, My dad raised me. My mom, unfortunately, left when I was nine and was an alcoholic, really, really bad, died homeless. I grew up with severe eczema. And so I was an athlete, you know, I didn't have a lot of female influence. And so my dad would take me to these dermatologists and, you know, they'd give me cortisone. And, you know, I just knew that intuitively wasn't great. And when my mom was around, we lived on a farm. So my mom put goat's milk in my bath one time and I saw a change in my skin and I was like, wow, like products and, you know, thing, I can kind of figure this out on my own, <clears throat> my eczema. And I also felt like, you know, as a kid growing up with eczema and being so uncomfortable in my skin and like, even my emotions came out on my skin. Like when my parents got a divorce, I got the worst hives. And I, I just, everything that I did in my life felt like it came out on my skin. And so 
it was something that was like a personal, like, I got to figure this out for me. And skincare for me is like, it's not like a, a luxury. It's like, I have to take care of my skin. And if I don't, then I'm uncomfortable and, and embarrassed, right? So I had this compassion already for people that had skin conditions, because I could really relate. And then, you know, here I am, a young adult in college, I was doing interior design at Fresno State. And I had a really good friend that was a dermatologist. And at the time, my mom was kind of wreaking havoc in my life. And I'm like, I need a new start. So I moved myself to the Central Coast, San Luis Obispo. And um, she's like, you should do skincare in a doctor's office. My nurses are starting to do injectables and they're starting to do peels and kind of medical-based skincare in my office. And this is before doctors even had estheticians. In fact, um, my one of my best friends was doing her um, business degree at Fresno State. And she's like, we could build you a business plan because honestly, doctors didn't even know what an esthetician was. So during school, I went back to aesthetic school. And during school, we put this business plan together. And So when I got out of aesthetic school, I was armed with this business plan and I went around to all these plastic surgeons offices and dermatology offices. And I said, I want to open up a skincare room inside of your office and I'll take care of their skin prior to surgery. And then after, and all of them said, yeah, that's great. You know, and at that time, doctors didn't, didn't, um, advertise. So I advertised and like, I didn't, I, here I am 20 years old. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just started doing honestly. Like I, I learned, I took every class I could. I went with my doctor to every, you know, convention and I would just sit in even in his lectures and I just absorbed myself in skincare knowledge and, you know, kind of followed nurses for pre-op and post-op care. And then three years into my career, lasers came on the scene and they were really invasive. So my job got really important for the doctor because there was so much care afterwards for skincare. And, and, and that's really when it started. Um, and then, you know, it was, it was an interesting path because um, at the time it was just kind of, pharmaceutical companies and doctor brands inside the doc, like Neostrata, like these are, these are like (laughs) a long time ago. Neostrata was the first company to come out with glycolic acid, you know? And so I was right at the forefront of the revolution of, um, you know, skincare becoming really effective. And so I got to learn and be in the medical industry um, and really learn on the ground of what skin can do, what kind of results to get. And so I um, just was at the right time um, and also ambitious, 20 years old and wanting to do this. And um, so that's how it really started. And then I opened my first clinic when I was 21. And um, with a doctor in San Luis Obispo, and then I opened one with a dermatologist. So I had three days at the 
surgeon's office and two days at the derm. And my plastic surgery um, office got really busy because it was more centralized. And um, and then um, I moved on, uh, sold my clinic to a couple of girls there and they're still doing it, which is great. And then um, met my husband who's from Hollywood. And so he's the one that really brought me to Hollywood. So I literally cold called this plastic surgeon that was like number one in the world. His name was Stephen Hofflin. And um, I said, hey, I, I want to head up a skin clinic for you. And, and that's, that's really where, like, honestly, everything started for me as far as celebrity is concerned. Like, he did kind of everyone in the world um, as far as celebrities. And um, I had, and he was the one that really encouraged me to do my own skincare line and become super innovative. And, um, and then from there, I ended up deciding to start my own. And that's where Melrose Place happened. And a lot of my celebrity clientele followed me. But honestly, um, what really built my career there was I was really the only person that was doing lasers, injectables, and facials all in one sitting. So it was, we were getting insane results for people. And um, makeup artists started sending people my way. And, um, and then the press really started, you know, cause a lot of people were like, God, you look so great. What are you doing? And like, you know, it was the era of people magazine and us weekly and that kind of thing. So, um, like Paris Hilton and, um, Grey's Anatomy was a huge show. Will and Grace, huge show. And, I was doing pretty much everyone in Hollywood at that point. And the paparazzis just sat outside my door. And um, then the press, you know, got a hold of, you know, who was coming in and out. And that's how the product line kind of started in retail, even though my products I was using for years in my clinic. But that's how the brand really started. So, you know, it was a journey, right? It was just like, kind of putting one foot in front of the other and having the courage to to say, okay, I, I need to create this now and I need I need this person. Like, you know, I, I'm an esthetician inside of the room. And so like I needed a CFO, like because now this business was becoming a business. And so I'd be like, hey, do you know anybody in the cosmetic industry that could, you know, run the books for me? Or I need a person to start creating product and finding packaging. And, you know, it's funny when you ask the universe, it, it definitely will <laughs> give you what you need. So one of the things that I'm always, I always love hearing when someone is like an innovator in their space is you break, you pave the way for so many more than similar things. And so, you know, some founders uh, get obliterated in that exercise by not evolving and some keep evolving and keep pushing. So clearly you did the latter. Uh, what, how did you stay relevant? How did you stay current despite, you know, lots of now aesthetic yeah. spas popping up and people talking to A-list celebrities? Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, it gets frustrating. I'm not going to lie. Like a lot of my friends, you know, cause I, 
I, I also, you know, went to QVC, right? So I was an esthetician, had no like, you know, experience on live television, that's for sure. And, um, you know, I just pushed the brand and really tried to, tried to stay true to what I knew inside of the, the treatment room. And, you know, I met a lot of founders along the way and we have crazy stories, like all of us, like, you know, I partnered with a private equity firm that literally like, you know, tried to rape (laughs) every penny out of the brand. And, you know, they, they, threatened to, to fire me many times. And, you know, like it, this was not an easy journey. Like, even though my, my story is like, I followed, you know, everything, but it was, it was topsy turvy all the time. You know, um, a lot of big cosmetic companies wanted to, to, to buy me before I even got to retail. I said no to, you know, huge, huge people. Um, corporations. Um, and I just needed to stay true to, to myself because they wanted to take over all the retail and, and, you know, I also knew they would push me out. And so it's been kind of this, like this winding road. And also I want to say, especially if, if you have a lot of female listeners and founders, you know, because it was so difficult, because I was on my own, right? I'm this young woman, like forging this really successful business fast. And um, only 2% of women get funded in business. And I didn't know this until I met Jane Warwin from um, Dermalogica. And, you know, I was like, oh, like afterwards, like, no wonder why that was so hard, you know, (laughs) like, and I also went through 2008, like one of the worst downturns, financial downturns. And I was, I was really on fire in 2008. And um, I had these huge uh, orders from QVC and I couldn't fill all of them because nobody would lend me money. And then when I did get the private equity firm, they were like, okay, you know, if, if we give you more money, you have to give up more equity to the point where like, I was going to be very, very (laughs) minuscule in my own company. And so it was, it was literally, I felt like it was a dogfight the whole way. And, And so many founders, like I can just, like I've, I've talked to so many other founders that have been in the same situations or where they've actually been kicked out of their brand and then the brand starts to fail. And then, you know, somebody gets really brilliant and brings them back in and they save it again. <laughs> you know, like I can tell you so many behind the, you know, I can't really say who those people are, but, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it has not been easy. It hasn't, you know, it hasn't been an easy ride. And there's times where I go, Oh my God, like, why am I still doing this? Um, and then what happens is I get the silver lining and the silver lining is the why. Okay. So, um, every day our clinic heals somebody or our products heal someone. And and I really mean that. Like I've had so many executives come in and they're like, oh, you're Hollywood, you're Glitz, you're, 
your glamour and then they get into the brand and they go, whoa, like you guys have really changed people's lives. Like we have people coming up to us in tears saying, I tried everything and and your stuff works and your treatments like literally changed my life. And, um, you know, that right there is what I tell all of my people that work for me now um, is you have to stay in the why because there's so much clutter now, right? There's so many brands. There's so many celebrity brands. There's so many, you know, people marketing to you. Um, and I just have to say, like, being in the treatment room and how we formulate, like, you're getting you're getting proven formulas because... When we create a formula, it actually, we, it's born out of our clinic. So our, our um, staff at the clinic give us direction or I find something and then we mix it up. All of our estheticians try it inside of our, our clinic. We get to watch it through not only physical watching, but also we have measurements of, you know, we have the Vizia machine and, we, we get to watch the skin change and how the client is reacting to it. If they like the smell, if they like the slip and if it's effective, you know? And so what you're getting when you come to us is like true expertise and, and true formulas that we know work. And so when I see like, you know, a lot of these brands become way more successful than me because they're, you know, like some reality show or something like that, it it does get frustrating. But then I go, okay, but I get to help that one person that's like really struggling, like I struggled, right? Or, you know, just making that 55 year old or 60 year old woman feel like fresh again, like that, that feeds me. And I, I have to stay really connected to that because if I look outside, um, you know, it's just like watching the news, you get super disheartened, like where's the world going, you know? And so I just try and stay in my why and, and try and like, keep the spiritual part of it alive because the business part can get really hairy and really frustrating, you know? And so that's what I've just been trying to do is um, stay innovative just by helping people and, and creating formulas that actually work. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you mentioned the nightmare of private equity, and I feel like I, I hope. Well, I hope to those listening, I probably already sound like a broken record, but like everyone thinks that's the magic solution. We oh had our gosh. struggles. Yeah. You you did end up selling your company to Unilever in mm-hmm. 2015. So how did you know that that was the right fit after having gone through what I'm assuming was a big struggle with the prior private equity firm? Yeah. So. The private equity firm was just squeezing me and and literally taking the joy out of everything. And when I talk to founders, I'm like, listen, if you can hang on and not borrow money from, or like try not to need money from outside sources and especially private equity. And I'm sure there's some good private equity out there. I mean, I've had founder friends that have had good experiences. I just didn't. You know, um, but mo- majority of my friends that are founders in the beauty industry have not had good um, experiences with it. Um, especially, you know, what saved me was my name was attached to it. So um, literally, if it was named anything else, I would have been long gone. Um, and I did sell to Unilever in 2015. Number one, because I felt like the brand was going worldwide and I felt like I needed a partner to help me do that. And when I interviewed a lot of different cosmetic companies, Unilever, they just um, as a company have a heart and they were really hot on sustainability. They were really wanting to do each brand had to have a social mission meaning like something that they were giving back to. And I just felt like, you know, our, our goals and our heart were aligned. Um, you know, it's, it's been, I've been there now with Unilever for almost eight years, um, which is unheard of for founders to stay on. And if you look at all of the people or brands that they have purchased, most of the founders are still there. Um, because they they have said that their goal is to keep the founder and that that soul alive, which I think is really smart. Because if you look at other brands that were purchased from other companies that get rid of the, the heartbeat and kind of the person that burst it, I don't know that it's gone that well. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of cases that have, but, um, you know, it's harder um, not to say like you can't make it happen without the founder, but, um, you know, I think it's important to have that person at least, you know, guiding and, and hopefully they listen, right. Because, you know, I've, I've had a lot of experience too, where certain, um, execs don't listen or, you know, and, and again, like just talking to other founders, it just, because I've had a really good support system and mentors throughout my career, 
that it stays happy. So, so far <laughs> things have been happy with me and Unilever and, um, and, you know, I have an amazing CEO right now who um, used to work at Peter Thomas Roth and he's used to kind of founder led brands and, and he's a really great listener and he's, he's, um, so it's been, he's new, but it's just been really refreshing to have somebody that really understands founder led brands and, and, um, you know, listening to the advice, right? So that that's how it's been working. And so I'm still super involved in product development, hugely, like that's my number one thing. And then obviously, um, to press and, um, you know, the clinic still. And so it's, it's been, it's been an okay ride, which is, which is unheard of, honestly. Um, so I feel lucky in that regard. And I also was very discerning when I wanted to create a partnership with somebody else because I had been through hell basically. (laughs) Yeah. So what would you say, you know, after, the the struggle with private equity, the acquisition, um, you know, you've grown your brand, you're very established. What makes you jump out of bed every morning? Whew, that's a heavy question right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, and this is kind of, I'm the first, you're the first person I'm publicly talking about this too. So um, on the 14th of October, I had a hysterectomy. And I ended up getting sepsis and I was in the hospital for almost 10 days and almost died. I um, contracted a bacteria in my blood. And um, it's so crazy because kind of my world came crashing down in a, in a very quick moment. And um, I thought about my life and like, I'm like, well, I feel like I've done so much in my life. And, you know, if this is the end, like I've done so much, but I'm like, I really want a second chance, you know? So I was really fighting, honestly, for, for about 24 hours for my life. And, um, some pretty profound things happened to me that night. And, um, after coming out of that, you know, I'm, I'm only three weeks out of that right now and I'm recovering and I'm like, wow, I get a second chance at doing something because I, I was able to stay around because a lot of people with sepsis um, get misdiagnosed and they don't get to the hospital in time. And um, so what's getting me out of bed now is like, you know, number one, I will never take my health for granted again. Like, you know, being in the bi- the beauty business, you know, you're always kind of like I, I've never been really good to myself, like as far as like loving myself and like always wanting change and always wanting to look better and doing kind of some crazy things along the way. You know, like I took a lot of chances with my body, like whether I was, you know, doing a surgery like for my lips or doing things that I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was so um that was so risky. Like, why, why don't I just love myself? And I, I woke up the other morning and I was looking at my leg and, you know, I'm 52 and, um, I was looking at my leg and I'm like, you know what? I love you leg. Like you 
you you're you work <laughs> you you're here like my whole life kind of flashed before my eyes and I'm like I am done hating on myself I'm so done taking risks with my health I'm so done like like the self-loathing that I I had this chatter in my head it was n- I was never good enough you know like as a Like, I'm a great mom. I'm, you know, I did great things for others. I created a business. You know, I literally came from like pretty much poverty to like establishing a like securely financial. I've taken care of my family financially. I'm the breadwinner. And I've done all these things. But the one thing that I haven't done well is love myself. And um, I just, if there's, one message, like, you know, I was listening to some of the people in my business recently that were kind of beating themselves up. And I was like, wait a second, guys, like, I just almost died. And I almost lost my life. And you guys have you guys, you have to understand, like, your body is such a miracle. And life is such a miracle. And you have to love it. Like, I don't care if it has 50 pounds overweight. I don't care if you have freckles. I don't care if you have acne. Like, and all those things can be fixed. But like, love yourself because you, you're you a miracle. I think those words are so beautiful and not enough women take it to heart. Nor, nor am I sitting here holier than thou. You know, I, I shit on myself all the time. So I, I love that you're saying that. And I'm so happy that you fought. That sounds crazy. I actually can't believe you kept this podcast date considering what you went through. You know um, what? Yeah, I just feel like, you know, because Haley, my publicist is like, do you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, because I can, I can still like my energy level is really low right now. And that's the other thing. Like when you're so productive and you get knocked down like this, like I keep telling my husband, I have so much guilt for laying here, but I just can't get up. And, and it just, it has, it has changed my vision, like of health, like health is so number one, you guys, like if you don't have that, and so many people say that, but man, when you're faced with like losing your life or losing your mobility or, you know, get, having cancer, that I have so much more um, awe of um, just my health and, and being appreciative of, you know what, like my lungs work, my like, okay, I have saggy boobs. So what? They, they literally fed my child. Like, you know, I had my doctor take pictures of my uterus and it was like, it was the size of a football with like, it looked like a roasted chicken. It was so gross. But I was like, I'm so grateful for that uterus because it, it gave my, gave me my son, you know, like, like just don't take for granted your body and don't do weird stuff to it. Like all these women doing, you know, breast implants and butt implants and so you're saying we shouldn't all get on ozempic is that what you're saying right now (laughs) yeah like oh my god please like you don't understand the the health risks that you're risking you're risking your life for something vain and i know a lot of young women and men they um they think they're invincible 
But when you get to your older years, that stuff catches up with you. But that, you know, that's in my clinic too. I tried to keep a lot of kids off of Accutane because I was like, listen, this stuff could come back and haunt you when you're you're older. When when actually the looks start to fade and you're not the prettiest girl in the the room or you're not the hottest youngest thing. And those things are important to you when you're younger, but when you're older, like your kids are more important, your grandkids are more important, your body's more important, you know, just experiencing life. So just, I guess my message to the younger generation at this point, especially younger women that are just pumping themselves full of fillers and doing crazy things is like, that stuff's going to catch up with you. And it may feel good and look good right now. But like, don't take for granted just life and enjoy the moments and go out in nature and experience life instead of being so vain. I love that message. I think it's so important, especially right now. Yeah. Yeah. All I do is, you know, at at seven and a half months pregnant, I'm like, this is the long list of things I'm going to do to my body when this Mm -hmm. is over. (laughs) So, yeah, um, well, I say redirect that. And when that baby is born and by the way, you're in like, this is the hardest part, right? From seven to nine months. And all I can tell you is just love this moment love that your body is creating another human. And when that human comes out, I don't know if this is, no, it's your second, right? Fourth. Your fourth. Oh my gosh. So, you know, <laughs> yes. and I just, I just say like, except, I don't know, you know, I, I've been in plastics, like my whole career in the first beginning part and things can go great and you can feel great. And, um, I'm not saying like, don't do those things, but just really rethink like if you go in for a tummy tuck or you go in there, there are risks and the risks are losing your life, you know, and, um, and complications like watch botched before you go, <laughs> you know, like I, it's don't so worry, weird. I'm not planning anything too extreme. My yeah. extreme is like, some Botox yeah. and some lasers. That's yeah, that's yeah, about, yeah. That's about right. All of planning. Fine, fine, but um, you know, like I don't know why botched was on when I was in the hospital, but I was like, God, I've done so many crazy things, like some of these people, and um, and uh, it was stupid. I don't know. I'm I'm just reflecting on kind, and also just the the negative chatter about like me. And I'm like, Oh, I'm done with that. Like, and and it still comes up. Don't get me wrong. Like I've been going through a little more depression because that's what your body does when it gets that sick. And I'm like, when I hear it coming up, I'm like, Nope, that is done. I am going to love on myself and look in the mirror and be like, okay, you're, you're good. You're alive. You're here. You're gorgeous. Let's go. Yeah. I love that. So I want to be sure to plug anything exciting. I know you mentioned a product that just launched two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us about it, why we need it and where we can get it. (laughs) So during the pandemic, um, my son was supposed to go to college and he kind of got obviously derailed and online. And um, my son's kind of like me where he has really sensitive skin, but he's fair and he was breaking out and his skin was super dry, like 
super surface dry, but then breaking out. And I was looking at my line and I kept giving him stuff, you know, in my acne line, but then he was so dry and his girlfriend's so cute. She, she's, you know, gorgeous. She, she doesn't have skin issues, but again, like surface dryness. I'm like, I want to create something that like is superior hydration, like, like a boost of hydration and that's super light and not heavy and, you know, really good for the generation of like just starting, you know, I don't want to say anti-aging because I don't even want to say that word anymore because aging is great, but like wanting to just keep their skin plump and even. And so I created this line called Hydrocate. And basically what it is, is we found this technology called Aquaport technology and it it won a, a Nobel Prize um, because what it does is it it tells the cell to allow hydration to come in so it actually boosts hyaluronic acid so we know we all know about hyaluronic acid right it boosts hydration but this this actually tells the cell to allow it to come in and it actually boosts hyaluronic acid and hydration 81% more than just your standard hyaluronic acid. So it's kind of like, if you think about microneedling, right, you're putting these little channels into the skin um, for products and ingredients to go deeper. This is kind of a chemical way of microneedling, right? So I, I put together a serum and a moisturizer, and it's doing very, very well. Um, and um, it has a beautiful smell. And, you know, it's just, it's really for people that like I'm obviously menopausal. So I use the serum more at night where my son will use the, the serum in the day and then the moisturizer at night um, to keep his skin really hydrated. And um, his girlfriend actually uses the moisturizer morning and night. So, you know, it's just a really hydrating, like, it's, it's so, it's so light and airy, but then you're just plump and it won't break you out. So, um, yeah, that hit Sephora. It's a, a Sephora, um, exclusive. So if you're, if you're interested in it, you can go to Sephora.com or obviously Kate dot, uh, Kate um, or head into Sephora so you can try it. Awesome. I can't wait to get my hands on some. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your story and for being as open and brave. Um, it, it means a lot. And I think people hearing this will definitely take your, your message away of loving ourselves. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, rooting for you and your, your little one and, um, just enjoy the process and, and love your body as it bounces back because, um, it will, it'll bounce back. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Thank you. Okay. Take care. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithm. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again. And you will hear from me next week.